This CKNW podcast for AIM Medical Imaging, home of AIM Medical Imaging full body MRI scanning. A family history of medical issues is nothing to ignore. Book a preventative screening at aimmedicalimaging.com. With Get Connected, Mike Agarbo here with Andy Barrar. Got a great show for you today. Later on in the hour, of course, we'll be taking your tech calls and questions. <clears throat> we'll also be talking uh, about doing uh, meetings using your computer the right way. Or your mobile device. Or your mobile device, your smartphone or your uh, your iPad. Interesting stuff in the news this week. Would you let a computer cook for you? That's the big question for me right now. Uh, you might be familiar with uh, IBM's Watson computer. This is the computer that goes on Jeopardy and kicks human butt as far as answering <laughs> questions. Well, uh, down at the South by Southwest conference... Uh, they have let it actually plan out a menu. That's right. It looks like Watson is now Chef Watson. Chef Watson. So if you can wrap your head around this, they basically got this computer. They inputted 30,000 different recipes uh, just to kind of give it an idea of what they were looking for, but told it you can't duplicate these recipes. Yeah, You've got to be able to use different ingredients and stuff and come up with some unique um I guess, different dishes. So it actually planned out a six-course dinner. Uh, I think it had to get humans to actually cook it. We're not there yet with the computer cooking it, thank God. Uh, But it turned out okay. And it can make certain styles of food as well. So if you're asking for, like, Chinese food or Mexican food, it will start taking those ingredients and and put something together, which is pretty interesting, you know? Like, it's nice to have computers to know facts and such, but... For it to have these types of abilities just shows what the future may look like in the you know with computers. They might even uh, be able to you know create their own cooking show in the future, Mike. So uh, it started off with a, a Czech pork belly moussaka, uh, then a, a Kenyan Brussels Kenyan Brussels sprouts, uh, followed by a Russian beet salad. <laughs> <laughs> it's a computer. I don't know. Uh, two different takes on Italian roast duck uh, using. The same ingredients. And finally, an Ecuadorian strawberry dessert with <laughs> avocado oil drizzled on it. <laughs> it's beautiful. Wow, that's a pretty fancy computer chef. Well, do you remember when we were in Vegas? We were looking at some high-tech fridges. And what they do is they can see what food you have inside your fridge. Yeah. And then it will know that it, your food's about to expire. Yes. And it takes whatever food you have and starts to suggest certain recipes. Like, hey, your eggs are about to go bad. How about an omelet you know, with the mushrooms that you have that are also yeah. about to go bad? So now with Watson like this, you can just imagine what the future is going to look like, Mike, in a, in a couple of years. I'm just waiting when we can actually have computer chefs where you can go make me, <laughs> make me an omelet and it comes back with a, an omelet. That would be the dream. I was talking to Jill Bennett this morning on her show about this, and she's like, um, have it 3D printed. The meal. Now there's something that would be really cool. I don't know how you 3D print a well. They are meal. they are experimenting with 3D printers for food. Yeah, and more more kind of candy stuff though, right? Yeah, yeah. But that technology is there, and if we can get to that point where you could have a computer chef and then a 3D printer in your home, can you imagine? That prints out that prints out food <laughs> that you eat, <laughs> edible food. That's kind of weird. It is. A little are you weird. ready for this? No. No, I don't think so. I think um, it's going to be a couple of years before we see something like this. But that's what I like, you know, with this Watson. Watson's been around for a long time. I remember hearing this like 
over five years ago. Yeah. When did it first go in jeopardy? I can't even remember. I'll have to look that up. But yeah, yeah it's uh, it, it's all about artificial intelligence, right? They're trying to make a computer that can outthink humans. Yes. Good publicity for IBM until it takes over. Yeah. It's kind of like, <laughs> like RoboCop. Yeah. Oh, but. my. RoboCop was on last night. Oh, is that right? Yeah. The original RoboCop. I know there's a new one coming out. Yeah. Oh, that first, that the original one? Oh, so bad. <laughs> so you, bad. The thing is, it's so bad, it's so good. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's interesting watching the old movies that are looking, you know, that are set in the future. Yes. And the computers they had back then. Yeah. And, you know, the computer screens and all the graphics. I'm like, oh my God, that was horrible. Yeah. yeah the future so, didn't look so good back then. Yeah, the future was different in the 80s, or at least yeah. what we thought the future was going to look like. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the new RoboCop, I haven't seen it yet, but I don't know if it's the same storyline or it's just, who knows, just a cop if that's a computer as well. What is it? Uh, part human, part computer, all, all cop. <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, I had some interesting stuff, uh, on, um, I do the global news uh, tech segment Wednesdays yeah. on the, the noon hour news. Uh, showing off uh, a dashboard cam. Those things are becoming more and more popular. So essentially, it's a little mini camera that you put on your dashboard. This particular one's from Genius. Came with uh, an additional camera and and like a seven meter cable, so you could hook it to your uh, rear windshield as well uh, and capture both both views. Yes. Record record it to a memory card. And it records straight. So if you get into an accident, you're gonna have all that footage right there. And what's interesting, Mike, is this is huge in Europe. Russia, believe it or not, they have all the cars have this. And the insurance companies are starting to take notice. And you might actually pay lower insurance if you have one of these dash cams built into your car because there's evidence right there. So if you're a good driver, you're going to have proof of it. If, if you get an accident, insurance companies love this. So you might see you're going to get deals on your insurance in the future by installing one of these. I want to actually install this into your car and see. Uh, Mine? Yes. No, you don't. Why not? Because... I want to remain anonymous. <laughs> I was thinking of, that being said, I was thinking of installing it in my uh, oldest son's car. Yes. He doesn't know it yet. He doesn't know it, but no. that would but we're be we're going to do it, right? I think we should for do it. Show? Yes. Let's do it for the TV show, and yeah. uh, he'll probably not, he probably won't like you anymore. But <laughs> <laughs> you're like, every time he comes home, give me the, give me the card. Isn't that a great thing for teenagers, though? I like, think for parents, it gives you a parents? lot of peace yeah. of mind to have a, a dash cam like that. Yes totally take away any last shred of privacy that they had yes you know escape in the cart no yes we're watching you that, that was the beauty about when you turned 16 it was so much freedom yeah of, of having that car and i remember when i first got my license i would tell my mom oh we're out of milk i'm gonna go i'm gonna go to the grocery store <laughs> <laughs> and two, i was gone for two hours. two hours later you're yeah but no i mean you can just track everything now i mean between these dashboard cams and you know, obviously with the smartphones, like if your teenager's got a smartphone, you can turn on the tracking feature on that. Yeah. If they'll let you. And I tried that with my teenagers. Yeah, good luck with that. Eh? Oh, my God. That was, it was like crazy. They beat me down. <laughs> it's not happening. We're going to have to take a break. When we come back, we will learn how you can do long-distance meetings uh, with HD video using your computer and save a truckload of money in travel costs. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. Back with Mike Agarbo and Andy Barrar here on Get Connected. We're broadcasting live across Canada on the Chorus Radio Network. Of course, you can also hear us on the interweb. 
heard of that thing. The interweb or the internet, as they're called. <laughs> CKNW.com. Also, our website, GetConnectedMedia.com. And uh, the Chorus Radio app, which I use all the time, actually, now. I use it all the time as well. Because that way I don't have to worry about any static or anything. It's just it's like butter. I also found out that you can stream it from the website directly on your mobile phone as well. Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. It works just as this well. technology is, like, amazing. It is. So you've got a business. How do you save money? Big one would be travel. Like, for example, myself, uh, most of our customers for our company are based out in Toronto and back east. Uh, so as you can imagine, that gets expensive mm-hmm. after a while. Uh, something we've been using um, quite a bit is uh, software called GoToMeeting. Yep. It's uh, a conferencing software uh, that actually allows you to share your screen with uh, any of your uh, meeting attendants, whether those are clients, friends, family, what have you. Uh, but it also has high-definition video. On the line right now, we've got uh, David Potter from Citrix, the makers of GoToMeeting. Thanks for joining us uh, today, David. Hey, Mike, Andy. Thanks for having me. So, you know, we've talked about uh, GoToMeeting before on the show. It's something that we use uh, all the time. One thing that I, I really like about it now as well is that you've got the whole mobile aspect. You, you don't have to be tied to a computer. You know, with tablets and smartphones, they've got built-in video cameras as well, and you can actually have the meeting from there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's increasingly common that people don't just go to work anymore. You know, work's not a thing you do, or not a place you go, it's a thing you do. Um, so it's really important to be able to stay connected with your teams, customers, partners, wherever you are. So we really try and make sure that the app's been optimized for the mobile device that you're on um, and give you the opportunity to connect on the go. And it really makes a big difference. Who do you think this is aimed at? Is it uh, just small businesses or, or businesses of all sizes? It's really businesses of all sizes. Certainly the, the core of our customers are the small medium businesses. Um, often, you know, if you're running a small medium business, you don't have the luxury of a large team that you can send around. So it's really more important. You've got fewer people doing more things. But we also have some really large businesses that use us to have easy-to-use video conferencing and screen sharing because if it's not easy to use, then people aren't going to use it, so you really won't see the benefit of it. So, you know, I, I get questions from a, a lot of folks saying, well, there's a lot of free software out there that kind of does the same thing. You know, there's Skype that does video conferencing. Uh, you know, I think there's some screen sharing stuff. Why would they want to use GoToMeeting over those? Well, I think, you know, you answered it yourself when you said it kind of does it. Um, and those products are great when you're talking to your family. Um, certainly, you know, I've used them to talk to my family in the past. But really, you know, the GoToMeeting we see as a business-grade product. And that means that, you know, you have features like the ability to record the meeting so that people who aren't able to attend live can then watch or attend, see what happened later. Um, and also the ability to give people 1-800 or, or toll-free numbers to dial into. So, again, if somebody's not able to get to a computer or, or hasn't, been, uh, hasn't had the foresight to download the app, they can still connect and participate in the meeting. Um, and really, you have a, a better experience for those. And lastly, you, know, you don't have to be a member of the network. So you can send anybody the link to a GoToMeeting. All they need to do is click on the link, a couple clicks, and they're in the meeting. You don't need to be uh, a Skype user already. I guess that's kind of the powerful thing. Like As long as you have the GoToMeeting, uh, like you said, you can send the invite to all of your customers uh, and, it, and it's basically free for them. Absolutely. You can have as many people as you want. They can connect from all over the world. Um, we have different levels that allow you to have a certain number of attendees in the meeting, but you can have six people share their screen and everybody can participate fully. And it's, as I said, really easy to use. So you don't have to worry about teaching somebody. If you've got a sales call and you're trying to win some business, you don't want the tool to get in the way. You want the conversation to be about your business, about what you're selling or trying to accomplish. And our goal is really to just facilitate that and stay out of the way. The recording feature, what is it recording? Does the, the screens, does it record audio? 
It records the audio, uh, both integrated, so whether they've dialed in from a phone or whether they've joined through the voice over Internet. It also records the screen sharing, so anything you're, you know, whether it's a PowerPoint presentation or something that you're doing on your computer. It doesn't share the video just because we found that the file size becomes unwieldy, so you, you don't need that necessarily for somebody that's attending that isn't live. Um, but you do get the, the content of the meeting and everything that you'd need afterwards. That was kind of an aha moment for me. I, I didn't know that it recorded. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just learned something. That is, like, so handy now. I'm yeah, gonna... it's a really useful feature. I mean, we have meetings where if somebody's in uh, Asia-Pacific or something like that, the time zones don't necessarily work, so you don't want them to feel totally left out. Um, so if they can't join, they want to get up in the middle of the night and have a meeting, uh, they can just catch up later and then connect with you through other means. The video conferencing feature is kind of cool because it's not just, like, uh, two video streams. You can actually have multiple people from different locations on. Yep, you can have up to six people, and, and unlike some of the other um, free products, it doesn't. You can still see your screen, your so your face, if you're sharing your screen. So you can create a much more personal connection. We've actually seen sales teams increase their close rates because you can make that uh, professional, that personal connection with somebody. Um, and really, you know, anybody who's ever been on a conference call and been the voice on the desk, um, you can really get forgotten pretty quickly. But if you're joining with the video, people can see who you are. You can see how people are reacting to things. It, it makes that connection a lot easier, whether it's internal teams or external teams. And if you're having a bad hair day, you don't have to have the video on. <laughs> you always have the option of turning it off. And, you know, there's there's always the night court approach to, you know, business on top, and you can wear shorts on the bottom. So it, it, it's flexible <laughs> for uh, when you're at the cottage. Is that how you roll, David? You know, I, I, I won't comment. <laughs> How many years has GoToMeeting been around? Uh, we've been around since the mid-90s. I, in Canada, we opened our Canadian office. In, um, we've been selling out of the U.S. for a long time. But we opened our Canadian office about two years ago. And again, this is something, uh, it's not geographic dependent. Like, you can use this thing all over the world. Absolutely. Um, you can connect from anywhere in the world uh, with the phone numbers. Obviously, the VoIP, anywhere you can get a, an Internet connection. It also helps you manage it because sometimes if your broadband connection is not as good, it'll suggest that you do turn off the video. Um, but that happens pretty rarely. I've been in, in all, over, all over the place, been able to use it. And then we have 1-800 numbers for a large number of countries, and then new ones being added all the time. So that's kind of actually an attractive feature for a lot of small businesses that uh, you can actually have like those 1-800 conference line numbers you could give to your clients. Absolutely. It makes a big difference. You know, people that aren't comfortable with technology or that want to join in, being able to give them the opportunity to dial either a local number or a, a toll-free number at your expense gives them, just makes it that much easier, and it's fully integrated into the conversation. So there's, they're not sort of second class, and they still get all the same features. And uh, as I said, it's still included in the recording. So you uh, can engage what, with people in a lot of places. What is the monthly fee for it? So GoToMeeting starts at $49 a month, so there's a discount if you purchase for 12 months, at 20% less. And it's always free to try, so you can go to gotomeeting.ca and, and give it a try for free um, and decide if it really is uh, something that will help your business. I think that's the important thing is to, to kind of try before you buy because you want to make sure that it works for your business. And then if it does, then you, like you say, Dave, you can get it up to a year and then get some discounts from that rather than paying month to month. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as I said, there, there, there's free products, and we believe that it's worth the money, but we don't want you to just take our word for it. We'd rather you go give it a try and, and see how you can use it. Well, it's interesting because a lot of people go, you know, 50 bucks a month. Uh, you know, that's a lot of money. But when you think about it, if you've got a business, it's not. It's like, would you have a business without a phone line? No. This is, this is almost like the facts yeah. of today, essentially. Yeah. Like back in the 90s or, or 80s, you wouldn't have 
had a business and not have a fax yeah. number and machine. But you know, obviously, with something like this here, uh, again, it just makes it much more personal, and you can actually really get that point across when you're doing presentations and sharing your screen uh, as well with your clients. I found. Yeah, I'm not a fan of like conference calls because you kind of tune out when there's so many people on the call. Yeah, and it's hard to get those visual uh, cues from when you're not like. St- yeah, the body language is important. Definitely, it, it is, and that's what I like about you're a happy- good-looking guy, right? <laughs> and it helps during the meetings. <laughs> that seals the deal right there. Oh my god. Andy, he's a beautiful man. Exactly. So. <laughs> you don't know where to go with that now. Uh, David, where can people find out more information about this? Uh, best place to go is gotomeeting.ca. You can find information there. You can either sign up right away online or there's a 1-800 number there and you can contact uh, one of our sales reps here in Canada. So now I know when I have a go-to meeting with you in the future, uh, not to have you stand up. <laughs> Yeah, good advice. Good advice. (laughs) He's probably wearing shorts. Exactly. Thanks for coming on the show, David. Thanks so much for having me. That was uh, David Potter from Citrix talking about go-to meetings, something that we use all the time for uh, our client meetings. And I know we've uh, got this part of a contest as well. Yeah, we actually uh, partnered with Sage, the accounting guys. Uh, They're having a big campaign called the Essentials for Success. It's a big contest. And part of that contest, if you enter to win, you can get one year subscription to go to meeting if you're interested like in 600 bucks it, yeah, yeah it's a it's, it's a smoking it's actually a really good contest and if you want to enter just head over to our facebook page we have a link right there get connected media you just search that in facebook you'll come to our page make sure you like it we got a lot of cool content there but you'll find the link for that campaign and that uh that contest and it only takes a couple of minutes to enter Fantastic. We're going to go open line now. Taking any of your tech calls and questions will be your on-air tech support. If you need buying advice for that tech gear that you absolutely need, we all need it, right? 604-280-9898. If you're phoning long distance in Canada, 1-877-399-9898. Again, 1-877-399-9898. When we come back, we will take your calls. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs, here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. Hey, you're back with Get Connected. Mike and Andy here. We're going open line now, taking your tech calls and questions. 604-280-9898. If you're anywhere else in Canada, 1-877-399-9898. We've got uh, Malcolm in Richmond. Hey, Malcolm. Good morning, guys. Uh, Can you just comment on the new appointment of uh, the new CEO of Microsoft? Maybe just allude to what Microsoft will do in the future. Great uh, question. As, uh, well... If you're normal, you probably don't know. But Steve Ballmer, the CEO of Microsoft, has stepped down. There's the new CEO that has basically been appointed. Yes, his name is Satya Nadella, I think is the pronunciation. Yeah. Um, he's been a longtime Microsoft employee. I think he's been there for like 20-somewhat years. Uh, Straight-up genius. This guy's like a computer science genius. And it's funny because he's really the third CEO of Microsoft. Can you believe that? crazy yeah i mean bill gates steve bomber and now him and bill gates and steve bomber were the founders of microsoft so this guy is walking into a, a a real unique position of taking one of the biggest tech companies at one point it was the biggest tech company it was so big they tried to break it up into smaller companies yeah I, I Do you remember that to, yeah i was talking to someone about that back in the 90s they got too big and had too much power they were forcing computer manufacturers to install certain things internet Windows, explorer internet explorer back then and the Justice Department uh, took him to task and said, you know what, we're breaking you up. Yeah. But the whole dot-com meltdown happened, and that break breakup never happened either. Yeah. And, you know, you look at Microsoft, it's kind of like the situation of BlackBerry where they really missed the boat 
when it came to the whole mobile space. But it's interesting with, yes, yes. But it's interesting with Microsoft. Uh, a lot of times they do miss the boat, so to speak. They, they did with the internet yep. back in the 90s. Uh, the internet came along and Bill Gates even you know, admitted that uh, he didn't see it evolving as fast as it did. And out of nowhere, they came up with Internet Explorer to compete against Netscape. And within you know the space of two years, they annihilated Netscape. Yeah. Like, you got to realize these guys are smart. They're huge. They've got billions of dollars in cash. So, uh, you know, when they set their mind to it, uh, you know, they can make a difference. They've made a huge difference in the video game side with the Xbox. They are now one of the top video game manufacturers in the world yeah. now. Uh, but to your point, mobile, can they catch up? Yes, and that's where Balmer really missed out. And, um, you know, Windows 8 really didn't resonate with the with Microsoft's core, you know, fan base. Yeah. And a lot of people want to go back to Windows 7. And it's funny that some of the computer manufacturers are now offering their new laptops. You can get either Windows 7 or Windows 8. So they want to give that it's flexibility. Not, not a good sign. It's not a good sign. So he's. It, it's. I, I do agree they needed a fresh face. I thought that they should have went to someone outside the company, just like new someone. Do you but, think though? But they're not going to take that risk. They're always going to go internally first, or at least look for the the most uh, the best candidate internally. So from what I understand uh, about the new CEO, he comes. He's really big into the whole cloud side, yeah. uh, very much so on the business side. Uh, you know, I think we can obviously see a large focus going forward. Uh, with that, you know, especially things like Microsoft Office uh, as well. They really have to evolve that whole business side because that's worth billions of dollars to them. Um, I don't know how well he'll do with the, the mobile side. I, it's Remains to be seen. Yeah. It's really early. And then, you know, the video game side, highly successful. But is that a distraction from what they're doing with mobile and and the business stuff and cloud and Microsoft Office? You know, there's some people saying that they might spin off the Xbox division yeah. into a whole separate company. Yeah. Could make sense. Yeah. One, it's funny, when, when Microsoft announced that they were looking for a new CEO, that Ballmer was going to retire, the first thing I thought was they need to get themselves a Steve Jobs, someone who's charming, charismatic, can, can you know, Sell pretty much dream. entertain a room. Yeah. Um, that's what they need. You need that face. And, and Yeah, but he's more than the face. Like, Steve Jobs was more than the face. That guy was like a maniacal visionary. You yes. know what I mean? Like to make stuff happen in this world, like big things, you got to have clear vision uh, and you got to be maniacal with it as well. Like just focus so hard that you'll stop at nothing yeah. to get it done. And that's, you know, we've seen some of the biggest companies grow that way. Even Microsoft with Bill Gates. Yeah. I heard a story about um, uh, Steve Jobs when they were making the original iPhone and they gave him the prototype and he put it in his, in, into his pocket with his keys and he rips it out. He goes, this is no good. He goes, people are going to scratch this, this screen, you know, yep. make it. Be and then the, the poor guys are just like, uh, this is the best we had. He's like, nope, I don't like it. Do it again. And so they came back and they actually created it so that it didn't scratch the screen. Because he knew people were going to put the phone in their pocket with their keys and he didn't want it to get damaged. So he asked for a nice protective screen on top. And that's the kind of guy he was. We're taking your calls, 604 Two eight zero nine eight nine eight here on Get Connected. We'll be your on-air tech support or give you buying advice uh, as well. One eight seven seven three nine 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 eight nine eight. We've got Michael in North Vancouver. Hey, Michael. Hey, good morning, guys. I hey. actually want to take you to task on your comment about uh, Microsoft uh, beating Mozilla with Internet Explorer. They didn't beat them on merit. They beat them because they had the Windows monopoly on the desktop. Yes, you're and right. What, 
And what we're seeing now is that they're, they're, they're not doing well in the mobile sector because they can't leverage their monopoly on the desktop to the mobile. And so what we're finally seeing is that this is how they react to true competition. And they seem to be really struggling with that concept. No, you, you excellent points there. Uh, you know, back to the browser wars. There, you're, you're you're totally right. That's why the Department of Justice basically came in because they were uh, coercing, forcing uh, these PC manufacturers to install Internet Explorer, not Netscape. And yeah, like when you have the monopoly on the operating system, how could Netscape even compete with that? They couldn't. But, yeah, I just wanted to clear the air. Thanks, guys. Yeah, no, no worries. So basically, if I remember correctly, they had uh, Internet Explorer pre-installed. And and that's what the Justice um, Department had had uh, issues with, yeah. because suddenly people are like, oh, I got a browser right there. And for years, especially in businesses, you'll see a lot of people still use Internet Explorer yep. as their main browser. And they and he he had a good point there, right? They kind of cheated their way in there and and used their size to get into that whole browser space, and they took it over in in a matter of years. And net, <laughs> you know, Netscape. where's where's Netscape now? Nowhere. <laughs> exactly. It's like a Wikipedia article. 604-280-9898. We'll take your calls here on Get Connected. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs, here on the Chorus Radio Network, back after this. Connected, we've opened up the phone lines here. 604-280-9898. 1-877-399-9898. We'll be your on-air tech support. Take your calls and questions. Uh, it was interesting, Andy. Um, my daughter's soccer season just finished, and so they had, uh, you know, the season end dinner. Yeah. And so I went with her and sat with the parents and uh, just started talking about uh, internet connections in in the home and stuff. And it's surprising how almost everyone had internet connection problems. Yeah. Like everyone <clears throat> at the table. Yeah. They were going insane. Because there's so many devices that they have now. They've got little Apple TVs so they can run Netflix and video game consoles in this room and computers and laptops all over, and um, and they're just not getting good signals. And yeah. it just basically comes down to, in like nine times out of ten, uh, the Wi-Fi signal. Yeah. And you know why. I think I know what the reason why is that when they get their Internet package, you know, like TELUS will provide you with the router and the modem combo. Yeah. And so everybody uses this, and they, they get it, and they, they hook it up. And it's not bad. It's not bad, yeah. but it's not great either. If you're trying to go through, like, three floors and multiple walls, you've got to realize every time the Wi-Fi signal has to go through a floor or a wall, um, and depending how many uh, devices are between the router and, yeah. let's say, your Apple TV, I mean, every time the Wi-Fi signal hits a device, the signal strength goes down. Exactly. And that's why you want to have a dedicated router. That's why you go and, and buy a separate one. You, you can keep that Telus box. You can just keep it as a modem. Yeah. And then use your own router. That's going to give you a better range. And if that doesn't work, you know, we were talking about power lines. A lot of people don't. Power know. line adapters. So I, I mentioned this when I was at the dinner, and everyone's, no one knew what, what this was. Yeah. No one. That's so amazing. These, this is like the best kept secret for getting a good um, network or internet connection uh, throughout the house. These are little uh, adapters. Uh, you buy them in packs of two. Uh, they're made by Linksys, D-Link, you know, a number of different manufacturers. And essentially, they use the, the, the wiring, the power wiring in your house to make the connection. So you essentially take one of these, you plug it into the power outlet near your router yes. where the internet connection comes in and run a cable from that thing into the router. And then you take the other one to, let's say, the TV in the family room 
three floors up and you know 100 feet away, plug it into the power outlet there and run a cable from that into the Xbox, the TV, the Apple TV, whatever device you want. And again, the signal is fantastic. So like you said, what it's doing, it's using the electrical grid of your home to make that signal go from one room to the other. It's pretty much like it's having... Got all a, that, you've got all that wiring in your house already. Exactly. It's like having an Ethernet cable from one end of your house to the other. And the, the speeds are fantastic. One thing, though, if anyone out there, and I learned this the hard way, power lines don't like power bars. No, you have to plug it right in the wall. Right into the wall. Yeah. If you put it into a power bar, it has um, filters in it. Yeah. And it'll just make your internet wonky. For the longest time, Mike, I couldn't figure out what was wrong with my internet. And I realized that my brother came over and he hooked one of these power lines into a power bar. And he's an electrical engineer. He should have known better. Yeah. But uh, that... You just don't know these things sometimes. Yeah. And so once I put it into the outlet, everything was fine. Going to jump here to the phone line, 604-280-9898. We're taking your calls and questions here on Get Connected today. We've got Cliff in Ladner. Hey, Cliff. Hi, guys. Hi. Um, I've got... This is a fairly recent problem. I've got a Toshiba laptop, and I've got a Samsung uh, laser printer hooked up to it. And all of a sudden, the computer doesn't recognize that the printer is there. So I checked the connections. I got a new cable. I unplugged it. I did all that stuff. Reinstalled the drivers. And now I get a message. Uh, the argument was invalid. Your printer driver was not installed correctly. But I put it onto my, I, I installed the drivers onto my little notebook, an Acer notebook, and it works fine. So everything's what, going to hell. Yeah. <laughs> um, is it a Wi-Fi printer, or how how are you connecting to it? It's hardwired. Hardwired. And what's it hardwired? Right to the laptop or to the router? Yeah. Go to the laptop. Through a USB. Yep. That should work. <laughs> it, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't. I've replaced <clears throat> the cable. I've uninstalled the drivers. I've reinstalled the drivers, and it'll work one time. And then, uh, you know, I, I hibernate the computer or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I come back to print something, and it says there's no printer attached. Oh. Have you um, have you uninstalled the printer drivers and reinstalled yeah. them? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you're doing everything right. <laughs> yeah. And I and like I say, I installed the drivers on my notebook, my other my little Acer. Yeah. And, and the printer works fine on it, and it installs the drivers fine. I don't get this uh, invalid argument. Yeah. You have you there's t- like a, a firewall issue or anything? Well, you know, one thing that I know with printers, I've had like issues with printers with my computer. And if I use a different USB port, then oh, it, it yeah, recognizes yeah, yeah. and asks for the new drivers and yeah. all over again. I think there's a relationship with the USB port and drivers. Yeah. And they might have a relationship like, you know, driver to that port. Yeah. So one thing you want to do is, like you did you're right, before, you're totally right. get rid of all the drivers yeah. off. Use a different port, USB port. Plug it in. And you have to sometimes follow the instructions because some... Uh, devices want you to install the drivers before you plug it in. Others want you to plug the device in and then install the drivers. It'll prompt you. So you have to figure out how your printer wants it, but try the other USB port. That should help. That, that's an excellent point because I've had devices in the past, could not get them to work for the life of me, and then I don't know why I changed what port I was plugging into. And then it works. Presto Kazinga. Yeah. Oh, that drives me batty. It's funny. People are always like, how do you know all this stuff? And I'm like, you know how many problems I've had over my course of my life? It's so true, right? Like, how, Yeah. <laughs> it's because like, we've made a thousand mistakes. Exactly. And had a thousand problems. And and went on to forms yeah. and what, you know, posted it for other people and then learned. That's, that's really how you learn to troubleshoot is try to isolate the problem. We're going to have to take another break here. When we come back, a few more of your calls. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this.
I can see Chad grooving in the uh, control room to the new music there, Andy. Good, good work. <laughs> Thank you. It makes us like sound cool now. We weren't cool before? Well, we're cooler. Oh, cooler. Okay. <laughs> going to jump here to the phone lines. Got a few more uh, minutes left. If I can hit the right one. Mike from Richmond, how are you? Oh, how are you doing? Pretty good. What can we do for you? Well, I had a comment. I was just listening to you talking about the, um, uh, the power line adapters. Yep. And I, just, I had an experience with them. And this, uh, this affects, I have TELUS Optic yes. TV service, and I was having some problems with that, and I brought the TELUS guys out, and the, the technician told me point blank that these were causing the problem. Uh, they interfere with coax lines that are used to connect the set-top boxes. Fantastic. And as soon as he, as soon as he disconnected it, of course, the, the problem with the TV uh, went away. Now, what their solution was that they did is they actually hardwired in a... Um, a wireless extender upstairs. Yeah, and gave me a wireless extender. So I just wanted to bring that up. That if, if you've got, uh, if cuts, you know, if they got Telus Optic um, or any type of uh, services using coax for um, connecting devices, that they can cause the, these devices can cause interference because the coax wires run next to the electrical wires inside the wall. Fantastic. <laughs> well, um, yeah, there's definitely always issues with interference. Yeah. Uh, it looks like, unfortunately, in this particular case, uh, the optic stuff was interfering with the power line. So what adapter. he's but used... I, I do have folks that have optic TV and have run these power line adapters with no problem as well. But definitely, if you are having issues, that's something... And, and that's the thing with technology. When you're having problems, you always got to try to isolate what yeah. the problem is. Yeah. And so it looks like what he's using as a solution is a range extender. Yeah. This is another way to extend the range in your home and basically you plug it into the wall it somehow i don't i've never been able to figure out the technology behind it mike but it pretty much amplifies your wi-fi signal so if you are looking to get uh wi-fi in your backyard you would hook this up to an outlet that's the closest to the backyard as possible and what it does is really kind of amplifies that wi-fi signal and extends that range i've tried it out before they actually work really well so between the power line and the range extender, those are your two options to uh, fix all your Wi-Fi issues in the home. Always some sort of technology yes. <laughs> issues. Uh, we've got some Mark in Vancouver. Hey, Mark. Hey, guys. Hey. Uh, interested about the dashboard cam. Yeah. When you install it in your car, where do you plug it into? Where does it record all the information? How do you retrieve all that? And is there any way to turn my rear view camera uh, into something that's on all the time and can record? Lots of great questions there. Um, I guess it would just depend on starting with the rear view camera, what kind of uh, one you, you had. There's so many different uh, dashboard cams out there. Yeah. Uh, there's some that can actually plug right into the electrical of your car. Yeah. Um, there's other ones uh, that you have to charge. So you'd have to take them out of the car, uh, charge them in your home, or have like a cigarette lighter adapter yeah. to USB. And what happens is they typically record the video right onto a memory card in the unit itself. Exactly. And then you can take that out and stick it in a laptop or computer and Bob's your uncle. Yeah, I'm really interested that the genius one that you showed, this is why I want to hook it up to see really how it works and how much footage can you get before you have to to uh, put a new card in or erase it. So um, we're going to have to use your son's car, Mike, to, uh, to test this out. <laughs> I, I don't think he's going to like me very much after this, but uh, no. You know? Yeah, so you know, I guess it just depends how much work you want to get into. Like, there are units out there that you can have installed into the electrical. 
Uh, and that's nice because then you don't have to worry about charging them. They just use the power from your, your car. The one that you had does a cigarette lighter. Yes. So to, you, to you have to charge it, it through that, yeah. uh, essentially. Uh, that one, uh, I think, was like 110 bucks. Yeah. Uh, and it came with uh, the front one. And actually, the front one even has a little LCD screen, which is nice. So you could actually watch the video back on the screen mm-hmm. if you wanted to. Yeah. Uh, that particular one also had a rear view camera um, that you could mount in the back uh, as well. Looks like we're out of time, Andy. Yes, we are. Don't forget to hit our contest page, giving away LoJack. LoJack for laptops. If you want to protect your laptop, you got to try the service. Go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com, and you can enter and win a free subscription for LoJacks for laptops. That's all the time we have left. I want to thank Chad on the controls, as always. He's getting excited because the music's coming up. There he goes. He's dancing. <laughs> And Andy, my uh, producer and co-host and the rest of the Get Connected team. Mike and Andy logging off. We'll see you again next week.